Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. Some say the gremlins of the bayou are no better than filthy vermin who should all be exterminated. Others say they're as stupid and saucy as a two-bit rabbit hound with distemper. Still others say all gremlins are up to no good and will swindle their own mothers for a quart of moonshine. But as this evening's story proves, there's sometimes more to gremlins than meets the eye, and not all rumours turn out to be true. Please enjoy The Price of Pork, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breesar Broadcast is brought to you by Montgomery's Meats. Come to Montgomery's on Cheapside Road for a succulent flank steak or rack of ribs caught locally in the bayou. If your tastes are a little more peculiar, ask about our specialty selection in back. We offer a selection of exotic cats and offal that you won't find anywhere else on either side of the breach. The Price of Pork by Graham Stevenson Ulix couldn't quite believe his eyes. It was a solid gold piglet. An honest-to-goodness, bona fide, genuine, solid gold piglet. He stared down at the litter, scratching his head while the sparkling runt squirmed among its brothers and sisters to get a fair share of milk. Maisie, the proud mother, lay on her side, grunting softly while her brand-new litter gorged themselves, evidently caring not a jot that one of her new arrivals was made of precious metal rather than pork. It didn't seem to have dimmed the little one's appetite, either. Ulix watched it guzzling milk as noisily as its siblings. His faithful hog-dog, Penelope, sat nearby, looking at the showbiz runt with almost as much astonishment as her master. She kept flicking her blue eyes up to him as if to say, Are you seeing this? Ulix considered himself to be fairly worldly by gremlin standards, and he'd been around the bayou a few times but he'd never seen anything like this before. He leaned down to give the suckling piglet a squeeze, suspecting some practical joker at work. Nope. Solid gold, and as heavy as a brick when he tried to pick it up. In the end it took both hands, and he nearly put his back out. Well, Litlin, he said, holding the squirming piglet in astonishment increasing now he could see her up close. You're something out of the ordinary, ain't you? She looked up at him with her little golden eyes, milk dribbling off her gleaming snout. He pried open her mouth, and in the second before she started chewing on his green finger, he saw a little gold tongue a-squirm and gold gums. Well, I'll be, he said at length. The night before he'd been nudged awake by Penelope and had followed her outside to find the stall of his prize hog, Maisie, to be empty. This wasn't a complete surprise, as Maisie was still hugely pregnant at the time, and had probably escaped with the intent to find a midnight snack. 
Ulix had learned long ago not to underestimate the creative genius of a hungry hog, even one as swollen and ponderous as Maisie. They'd followed her trail, Ulix hobbling through the dark swamp with a lit torch, and Penelope up ahead with her sensitive muzzle pressed to the ground. It didn't take too long to find her. They'd only gone a few hundred yards when the torchlight picked out Maisie's broad rump and curly tail wedged tight in a narrow cellar doorway. Sounds of enthusiastic chomping could be heard within. She was eating a whole lot of something, but Ulix couldn't tell what. He'd taken a look at the squinty ramshackle house that sat above the cellar entrance and realized immediately that Maisie was in big trouble. The house belonged to the swamp hags, a rider, which meant two things. One, she'd be mighty pissed off when she discovered that Maisie had eaten pretty much everything within reach of her cellar doorway, and two, the things the rider kept in her cellar were probably not the kind of things that should be eaten at all, never mind by a hungry and very pregnant pig. Ulix had tied her hind legs, and despite her squeals of protest, managed to haul her back out. She had who knows what of all colours smeared around her snout, and was still chewing something when she came out with a pop. But at least hogtied she couldn't get back down there again, although she gave it her best shot. He pointed the torch down into the root cellar, and frowned at the sight. Baskets of strange-looking objects had been knocked all over the floor by Maisie's quest for food, and there were things that looked like weird root vegetables, Little cloth bags of multicoloured powders ripped and burst, tiny crystals that sparkled in the firelight, and a whole host of less identifiable things, a few of which might have been moving in the flickering glow. Dragging the protesting Maisie back to her stall had been a challenge, especially on Ulix's bum leg, but eventually she was home safe. He watched her over for a while, concerned about what possible harm might come to her from eating all those odd items in Zoraida's cellar. But he needn't have bothered. As if sensing on some astral plane that there would be no more food tonight, Maisie dropped into a peaceful sleep almost at once, snoring lustily on her back with all four trotters in the air. Ulix had gone to bed tired, sore, and still a mite concerned and now he had a solid gold piglet to contend with. Whatever crazy alchemical mix was achieved in Maisie's belly had seen fit to transform one of her unborn litter, and upon reflection, Ulix supposed that all concerned had come out of the situation pretty well. Exploding pigs were a common occurrence in the bayou, and Ulix wouldn't have wanted Maisie to suffer such a fate. Penelope came over and gave the squealing newborn an experimental lick, as if to convince herself it was real. She was a beautiful dog, and had been Ulix's constant companion since she was a pup. A Catahoula cur, she had a brown merle coat. That is to say, she was mostly beige, with brindled tan splotches and a white chest and forelegs. The most impressive thing about her was her eyes. They were bright, intelligent, and ice-blue in colour. She was pretty big for her breed, and Ulix could probably have thrown a saddle on her if he was so inclined, but he'd always known her as a friend and business partner rather than a mere mount, and instead deigned to walk beside her rather than ride on her back. Bad leg be damned. But what to do with a solid gold pig? Amos knew exactly what to do with her when he sallied over a short time later, 
Cornpipe clenched in his teeth. Chop her up, he said at once. A good bit of scripping all that gold. I ain't going to chop up no newborn piglet, Ulix protested, holding her a little closer to his chest. Why ever not? Amos asked. Gold's worth a heck of a lot more around here than pork. Cause I ain't, I says, Ulix replied rather bullheadedly. Besides, what am I going to do with a whole load of scrip? He looked down at the piglet with an absent smile. She was chewing his finger again. Well, she's your pig, nodded Amos. Yours to do with as you like, I suppose. Others might not see it that way, mind. Good morning to you, Ulix. The pig handler waved the older gremlin off and turned his attention back to his tiny, gleaming charge. There was truth in old Amos's warning. To Ulix, the newborn was just a cute little piglet with more shine and heft to her than most. But to others, she was a chubby, four-legged payday. If he was about to keep her safe, he was going to have to be smart about it. Ulix dropped her back into the pen where she immediately fought her way back to her mother's side and recommenced guzzling milk with a single-minded gusto of babies everywhere. You keep an eye on her, Penelope, he said to his watching dog. I'm going to get a few things from the market. A what? Pa Dingle scoffed. A solid gold pig, Poultice repeated, his expression that of a man hoping for a reward, but expecting a slap. Pa Dingle regarded his second eldest son with pity. Poultice had never been the smartest kid, as a matter of fact, none of the Dingle kids had turned out to have much upstairs, but he was usually rational at least. What are you talking about, boy? he asked. Like an ornament or some such? No, Pa, a real living, walking, squealing pig made out of gold. Pa Dingle sat more upright in his chair, taking a moment to lick his lips and compose his features. Those Cleophas boys been winding you up again, son? he asked gently. No, Pa, I heard it from Mr. Hippolyta. He was saying there's rumors about it spreading all the way clean out the Malifaux. The grain store manager. This finally caught Pa Dingle's attention. Hippolyta wasn't the sort of man who indulged in flights of fancy. He kept his feet firmly rooted in the somber business of agriculture. He told you? Well, not me exactly, Pa, but he was talking to the others and I just kind of listened in. Pa Dingle stood up and rubbed his chin thoughtfully. The Euler brothers were two of the most unscrupulous and opportunistic mercenaries he'd ever encountered. To put it another way, you'd have to head down the nearest sewer with a lantern to have a hope of finding anyone worse. If they were sniffing around, it was a sure bet that they thought money could be made out of something. And if Hippolyta was talking about it, then there was at least a slim chance the rumour was halfway accurate. So where is this gold pig? he asked. Someplace deep in the bayou, Poultice replied. Some old gremlin with a game leg's got it. Well, that narrows it down to about half the population anyway, Pa Dingle supposed aloud. Go get your brothers, Poultice. We're going on a boar hunt. Thunk shook the little man again, and more seeds came out of him. 
falling out of his inverted pockets and rattling across the hardwood floor of the grain store. We're pig, Thunk asked patiently. The man's face had turned a bright tomato colour, and his eyes bulged from being held by the ankle. I told you I don't know, he spluttered. All I heard is it's deep in the bayou, to the east, that's all I heard. Thunk sensed deep down that the shopkeeper was telling the truth. He'd been holding him upside down and shaking him for more minutes than he had spare fingers, with one hand being occupied in the aforementioned holding, and Thunk's heavy steel-toed boots prevented him from using his toes as stand-in to assist with the count. Thunk here about gold pig, Thunk said. Thunk here about man in shop telling Euler brothers. You said that already, the shopkeeper said. Thunk want gold pig. Yes, you said that too. Satisfied that the interrogation was concluded, Thunk dropped the man on his head and strode back out into the street. He had to duck under the door lintel on the way out to avoid hitting it, which he'd neglected to do on the way in, as the splintered wood indicated. Thunk's huge, bald cranium was unharmed. The crowd of watching townsfolk scattered as he emerged making for cover as the muscle-bound giant clumped past. He had a brace of pistols across his hips, and a hammer that probably weighed more than a cow strapped to his back. Thunk want pig, he said, as they stared from behind rain barrels and out of doorways. Thunk will have pig. Ulix had been busy in the days since Little Honey had come along, almost as busy as the wagging tongues that had spread stories of her arrival further than he liked to think about. That meant treasure hunters, mercenaries, and all the other light-fingered bandits that plagued the dark alleys and woodlands of Malifaux. Keeping the precious metal run to secret had proved impossible in such a small community, and before long it had become a popular pastime for the locals to polish honey on a daily basis, despite Ulix's protests. They seemed to love the sight of the gleaming little piglet galloping around in her filthy pen, and she certainly loved the attention, grunting and squirming with pleasure, while gremlins rubbed her with cloths and rags until she squeaked. Thoughts of cashing her in for a quick profit vanished almost overnight, as the little piglet's congeniality and obvious uniqueness won them over, and before long she was regarded as a kind of unofficial village mascot. Even Zoraida whose face had been stormy when she clumped up to Ulix's home on the second day, had cackled at the sight of the shiny piglet gambling around in the mud with her siblings, the ransacking of her root cellar forgotten in an instant. Well, ain't you just a precious little thing, she crooned in an unexpectedly maternal moment, tickling honey under the chin. Later she'd caught Ulix's eye and leaned close. Got something special there, Ulix, she'd said. But it's going to take something special to keep a hold of her. Ulix told her of his plan, and she roared with laughter, slapping him on the chest. You always was a smart one, she said over her shoulder as she left him to his preparations. As it turned out, they were just in time. Where? 
pig. The giant stood in the center of the village, an upended gremlin held in each fist. Dozens more had scattered at his approach, and to the untrained eye it would seem as though the village was deserted but for the whispers and scuffles of movement from the shadows. We're pig, he said again, his massive bald head gleaming in the afternoon sun. Dunk will have gold pig. When there was no immediate answer, he shook one gremlin vigorously, then the other. Thunk was a big believer in routine. We're pig, he persevered. Finally, the gremlin in his right hand squawked. Okay, okay, enough already. She's over there in Ulix's yard. Yabadai, you're a yeller to the core, accused the other gremlin and the two began squabbling and slapping at each other until Thunk had to hold them apart at arm's length. Thunk will have pig, he announced, dropping the two fighting gremlins in the dust and marching in the indicated direction. He wasn't surprised when he found a lame old gremlin leaning against the fence with a startlingly blue-eyed dog at his side, while between them on a tree stump sat a gleaming golden piglet. Thunk's lack of surprise emanated mostly from his lack of imagination, and a lifetime of being so huge and intimidating that people generally gave him things in the hope he'd go away. Thunk will have gold pig, Thunk said, more as a way of indicating to the old gremlin that if he wanted to fight for her, Thunk was prepared. Thunk didn't always realize he was in a fight if his opponent was small and hadn't made the impending conflict abundantly clear. Thunk had accidentally sat on a few opponents while they were trying to flank him, something he would never have done out of courtesy if he'd known they were trying to kill him. But the old gremlin just shifted his weight and gestured with a green palm. There she is, big fella. Satisfied with this, Thunk scooped up the shiny pig. Thunk has gold pig, he said to formalize the transaction, and turned on his heel. A short distance from the shack, Thunk checked underfoot in case this had been a clever ruse and the old gremlin had secretly started to attack him once his back was turned. But the tiny green figure was still there, leaning against the fence and grinning at him. Happy trails, the gremlin called. Content that victory was his, Thunk lumbered off and began to speculate on what gold bacon might taste like. Are you mad? shrieked Jacques Dudont as he raced over. You're just letting him take her? Several other gremlins in the growing crowd fielded similar protests, oblivious to the fact they'd been cowering and hiding only moments earlier while Ulix faced the giant alone. Easy there, Ulix said, waving a hand at the outraged villagers. Honey ain't going nowhere. The assembled gremlins turned in confusion. The huge man was striding away into the swamp, the glinting gold piglet still visible under one arm. Chuckling, Ulix turned to his dog. Show him, girl. Penelope shuffled backwards, and from under her shaggy fur coat appeared Honey, grunting contentedly as she worked her way through the pile of chopped carrots. She'd been there all along. But, stammered Jacques, looking back at the other golden piglet just disappearing into the brush. 
Ulix reached into the pig pen and lifted a tin of gold paint into the air, brush handle sticking out. That lummox will be halfway to the breach before he figures it out, he said. The gremlins crowed their delight. Hold on now, Ulix said, shushing them. They ain't all going to be that stupid, so listen up. Here's the plan. Joe and Jack Euler rode into the village the very next day, on their tall horses, wearing sun-cracked leather dusters and bristling with rifles, pistols, and knives. The two bounty hunters were an impressive sight to the small gremlin community, where a rusty old blunderbuss was considered cutting edge. The brothers dismounted, taking their time and letting the locals get a good look at them. They spent a lot of time in Little Hick towns, and had learned the game of impression and intimidation well. Howdy, Joe finally offered, as he soaked his bandana in the water trough and pressed it against his neck. Hot day. It sure is, big fella, said the nearest gremlin, a particularly wizened specimen chewing on a corn pipe. You gents will be here to see the gold pigs, huh? What's that? Joe was genuinely surprised at this. They had intended to play the just-passing-through card until they scoped out where the gremlins were hiding the metal hog. He hadn't expected them to come straight out with it, nor for the old gremlin to use the plural. Gold pigs. You ain't heard? the old gremlin asked, suddenly eager to impart his story on a fresh ear. Well, just so happens our hog herder, Ulix, got himself a litter of gold piglets. Solid gold, they is. I seen them with these very eyes. He pointed at the organs in question in case Joe had missed that part. Solid gold, huh? That's right, mister. Thirty-two carat gold, or my name ain't Amos. That's so. Joe glanced at his brother, who was concealing his gloating smile with admirable skill. Neither of them could believe these green dummies were actually boasting that they had a crop of solid gold pigs right there in the village. Guess I'll have to go see that for myself. Go right ahead, big fella, old Amos encouraged. Ulix is looking to sell him. You go take a look. Solid gold there is. I'll do that, Joe said. Obliged. He touched his hat and started leading his horse in the direction Amos had indicated. His brother fell into step beside him. Can you believe this? Jack hissed between his teeth. They think we're going to pay for them. Keep it down, Joe retorted. We play this nice and cool. No shooting unless we can't avoid it. These gremlins are so dumb we can probably just walk out of here with a whole litter if we do this right. Jack tried to muffle his sniggers as they drew up at a ramshackle old hut, with an equally ramshackle pig pen to one side. A cheerful gremlin with a bow across his back and what looked like a bowler dangling from his belt came around the corner, favouring one leg. A handsome dog trotted at his heels. Afternoon, fellas, he called as they approached. You look to me like a couple of boys who might know a bargain when the sees one. That a fact, said Joe, smiling back. Well, we did hear an interesting story about some pigs a fella by the name of Ulix got for sale. That's me, boys, said the lame gremlin. And these ain't no ordinary pigs, neither. These gold. Solid gold. Well, that's the rumor, 
Joe said, throwing a sidelong glance at his brother. I've been looking for a buyer, as a matter of fact, Ulix continued. Can't do much with a litter of gold pigs. Can't breed them, sure can't eat them. So I figures I'd sell them, buy me a nice fancy place in Malifaux. He grinned at them both, and they laughed dutifully. Ulix put a hand on the fence of the pig pen, then he paused. Now, boys, he said, you're welcome to take a look at him, but I have to ask you don't lay a finger on him, not least until we've concluded the sale and all. They've just been polished, and it's a chore to get all the smudges off after they've been handled. Joe thought this rang a little false, but he nodded again. Okay, sure. Ulix grinned and made to open the fence, but then he paused again. On one other thing, boys, he said. If we got a deal, ain't no refunds available. It just ain't something I'm gonna budge on. Nothing personal, boys, but that's just the way I does business. Oh, and you gotta pay me up front before taking the pigs. Joe frowned, alarm bells ringing. We gonna see these pigs or not? Ulix nodded graciously and swung the pig gate open. Feast your eyes, boys. Joe looked in and for a second his heart jumped into his throat. There in the pen was an immense sow lying on her side, drowsing, while her litter of piglets fed hungrily. Every single one of them shone and gleamed like freshly polished gold. Holy crow, he heard his brother whisper. Didn't I say there was a marvel, said Ulix, leaning on the fence and beaming like a proud father. Joe was about to agree when he noticed that there were smears of gold on the mother all around her belly. As he looked closer, he noticed there were patches of pink appearing as the piglets squirmed and fought for feeding room, and there was a strong chemical smell wafting from the stall. Why, you little green swindler, he swore. That's pink. You done pinned them gold. Ulix's grin fell off. Now wait just a minute, fellas. These as gold as my teeth. Joe lunged forward and grabbed one of the piglets, lifting it squirming into the air. Droplets of gold flew from its trotters as it fought to escape his tight grip and felt the wet paint smear across his palm. He dropped the animal in disgust. You try to swindle us. They ain't gold. Ulix hobbled back a few steps trying to salvage the deal. Come on now, fellas. Once the paint dries, ain't nobody gonna know. You could sell him at night. How about I drop the price? Joe laughed bitterly. You've been too long in the sun, he said. I wouldn't take them pigs off you for free. Come on, Jack. We're wasting our time in this flea pit. He snatched his horse's reins, leaving the still haggling gremlin behind and cursing himself for being stupid enough to have swallowed a tail as absurd as a solid gold hog. If he'd taken a closer look at the pen past where Ulix was still playing the desperate salesman role to the hilt. Joe might have noticed how the paint was coming off all the piglets, except one. Well, well, said Pa Dingle as he slid down off his horse into the mud. It had been raining heavily all night and the Gremlin village had transformed from hard-packed dust to ankle-deep sucking mud and standing puddles of water. The sky was still grey. Another downpour like the previous nights, and they'd all be in it up to their waists. His sons had followed him into town single file, 
and now slid off their own mounts behind him in established pecking order. Peerdingle, who blessed with one normal eye and one huge one, had always seemed to be staring at something. Poultice Dingle, none too bright but a gentle soul. Pongo Dingle, afflicted with Herculean body odor issues. Petermain Dingle, born without vocal cords and instead communicated through expressions, gestures, and flatulence. And finally, the little pint-sized Dingle, less than four feet tall, but mean as a hornet. Pa Dingle sighed as he surveyed his brood. His was a burdensome lot in life, but he made the best of it. He focused on the tired-looking gremlin shack and the pig pen affixed to the side of it. Hello in there, he hollered, banging on the door. A short gremlin with a limp opened it, his expression blank. Help ye? I'm here about this so-called gold pig, Pa Dingle announced. The gremlin rolled his eyes. Another one, he muttered to himself, and hobbled out through the door into the thick mud. If I had a coin for every time somebody asked me about that damn gold pig, I could buy myself one and have done with it. So I ain't the first, Pa Dingle asked. Heck no, the gremlin grumbled, working his slow way to the pig pen. First few callers, I thunk it was some sort of joke. Even tried to make some bit of script out of the rumor, but the pigs kept licking the paint off. Pa Dingle nodded. He'd heard the story of the Euler brothers and the painted pigs only that morning, but had decided to come see for himself anyway. Hippolyta had never been wrong before. The gremlin paused for breath when he finally reached the pen, leaning on the rickety gate. Truth is, I'm getting pretty sick of it, and I don't mind telling you, mister. He fixed Pa Dingle with a hard eye. I got a mind to answer my door with a gun next time some fella comes around asking about gold pigs. He swung the gate open and stood back. Well, go on, take your look. You find any gold pigs in there, we'll go 50-50 right down the middle. Pa Dingle and his boys crowded close to look, and what they saw was disappointing to say the least. A hugely fat sow lay like a pink sack in the mud, filthy but for the side that faced the sky, while a dozen tiny piglets wriggled and fought for milk. The mud was so deep and watery that they were all completely caked in it. Only a patch of pink was visible here and there. You see, the gremlin said, ain't no gold pig around here. Think I'd still be living in this shack if there was? Pa Dingle stroked his lower lip while his tongue darted out to wet it. He looked good and hard at the array of hungry piglets in the mud. They certainly seemed pretty ordinary, but he'd come a long way and was a profound believer in the old mission of no smoke without fire. As he looked, it dawned on him that one of the piglets near the end was so incredibly caked in mud it looked like someone had tried to bury it. Not a patch of pink skin was visible anywhere. A crooked grin began to form on his face as a suspicion took hold. Pongo, get on in there and take a look at that real filthy one along the end there, he said. Why me, Paw? Pongo complained. "'Cause you smell like a pig already,' his father snapped. "'Now do like I says.' Sulking, Pongo waded into the treacherous mud and lifted the piglet in question. He held it in the crook of one arm and scraped away a handful of mud. Underneath was soft pink piglet. "'It ain't gold, Pa,' he reported back. "'Check em all,' Pa Dingle said, unwilling to give up. "'Petermain, you get in there and help.' 
Pedermain raised an eyebrow and emitted a short rasp that seemed to have a question mark at the end. Yeah, you. Get in there. Pedermain squelched into the pen beside his brother, and between them they began wiping the mud off the backs of the feeding piglets one by one. Pink! 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 Pongo reported as they went down the line. Pardingle watched with mounting frustration as they went all the way to the end. Every piglet's back was bare and pink. It ain't here, Pa, Pongo said. They must have hit it someplace else. Stashed it in one of them shacks, maybe. Think so, scoffed the gremlin, still leaning on the gate. You try taking any one of that litter out of that pen with old Maisie watching, and you'll see what happens. But you better be able to run real fast before you do. It's here someplace, Pa Dingle said. Tear this village apart. We'll find it. Heck no you won't, mister, said a voice at his elbow. They were surrounded by gremlins. Dozens and dozens of them. Most were empty-handed, but enough carried heavy copper-bottomed pots, knives, hammers, and other assorted tools to deliver the implied threat. One even carried an ancient rusted blunderbuss. You disturbed our Ulix's litter enough for one day, the old gremlin continued, chewing on a cornpipe and showing Pa Dingle his remaining teeth. You go on and get now while you still can. And you tell anybody you meet on the road, Ulix said as the family backed away and remounted their horses, that the next fella comes by my shack wasting my time with stories about gold pigs is going to get a load of buckshot for his trouble, you hear? Pa Dingle threw the assembled villagers a last defeated scowl and jockeyed his horse out of town. The gremlins crowded around the pen, as the last of the men vanished out of sight, confusion on every face. Where is she, Ulix? Where'd you hide her? Ulix limped into the pen and scooped up the very first piglet in the line, holding out the pink, mud-splattered infant for them all to see. As they watched, Penelope trotted into the pen and began busily licking the piglet clean. The gremlin saw smears of bright gold appearing wherever Penelope's rough tongue licked. Honey sneezed, throwing mud and pink paint all over Penelope's fur. Sometimes people is so dumb, Ulix said. Well, that's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malifaux.